we're on our own little rock yeah protected by this bubble of air thank god and then these things are just pelting in and burnt you're like what there's so it's many so that's, that's the other thing too there's so many that get through yeah. every day that no one even knows about yep. and we're just like throwing trash on the street driving around our little uh clunker vehicles yeah. and no one gives a shit This episode of Eclipse on Tap is brought to you by Underberg, the German herbal digestive that is a very special after-dinner drink and served in more than 100 countries as a crowning finale to gourmet meals or hearty snacks. But what about after a flight of sour beers? Or stouts. Or stouts or bold beers. If you're looking for something after a large meal, maybe it's a festive meal, maybe it's 4th of July grilling, you're feeling a little bloated and a little groggy, Grab an Underberg to feel bright and alert. I'm going to grab one right now. Yes, sir. Cheers. Welcome back to Eclipse on Tap, the podcast where we talk about eclipses of all kinds and space in general. And dang it, I just cracked my beer right before we started recording. You did. Uh, Well, you got another one to crack in just a second. Episode 56, welcome back. Uh, The month of August here in the lovely state of Michigan, the tail end of the summer. The lovely uh, Pub 39A. Yes. We're happy to be back. Yep. Happy it's to been be a back. while. It has been. been We've a taken, bit. Uh, yeah, been a uh, bit. Summer break, like a summer hiatus. Been busy. Everyone's been busy with vacations, work, well, everything else. We've yeah. been just vacationing this whole time. Pretty we have, much, yeah. pretty much. So we're very happy to be back. And uh, Nathan has a beer from Ecliptic Brewing that they sent to us uh, about a month ago, I think. Um, so yeah. What do we got? We got Ecliptic Brewing Moonroom Series, Hell's Lager. And Helles Lager. Helles Lager. Yeah, A-T-L-E-S. Helles. Uh, the 2022 Ecliptic Brewing Moonroom Series is our ode to all things lager beer. C- clean and crisp, this pale German-style lager has a touch of sweetness balanced by floral and spicy noble hops. Ooh. Come visit the Moonroom in southeast Portland at 930 Southeast Oak Street, 5.1% ABV. Po some space in your face. Yeah. Gonna crack Do it. it. Thank you, uh, John Harris and Colette Becker for arranging the shipment of that. Um, and also dealing with UPS this last time. They sent us a, they tried to send us this beer once. I was on vacation, so of course I missed the shipment. Um, I called UPS and they did not um, follow the default, which is what it's on my account to do, which is you know, take it back to the Clyde Park distribution center and just let it sit there um they returned it back to the sender i was like you are you serious bastards. so i felt terrible i emailed colette uh explained the situation she was very very kind understanding and she sent it again and we got it the second time so oh, okay big cheers to well, them thank you yeah i was just uh ups can sometimes. they just like have you like do like just this one signature for the whole year and if it's like real, alcohol right? then you're like good you, you know just, that just you know my house is the like yeah it's doesn't make any sense when we used to live at the apartment the ups guy he would um he he got you know it was the same dude every single time and he he would deliver it without signing uh but this person this particular one yeah. is a stickler but cheers cheers, cheers y'all Laga. episode 56 episode 56 
That's good summertime drinking oh, right yeah, there. Very good. Ooh, very like easy it. drinking. Summertime. Smooth oh, yeah. and easy drinking. That one, uh, that's an all-day drinker right yeah. there. Yeah, I could crack. 5.1, that's just the right, you're not going to get too yeah. crunked on them? No. Yeah, no. That, uh, I'm, I'm sure being a 16-ounce can likely comes in a four-pack, and I certainly could drink all four in one beach, oh, yeah. in one beach outing. <laughs> we Moon put a good series. number down uh out at Port Sheldon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. We had a great time on vacation out at Port Sheldon. And um, actually, yeah, I think David is right. We've been on a lot of vacations. I was in Hilton Head before that in South Carolina. And then after that, we were at Port Sheldon at the Lake Michigan Shore putting down uh, a number of beers. We've been on holiday. <laughs> yes. We're so Euro. Yeah. We, uh, we, we actually held the orange jersey for a, a short a hot second hot during second. the vacation yeah, yeah during the vacation there's had, a lot to catch up on actually yeah we had to make a we, pilgrimage yeah. pil- pilgrimage out of vacation yep. to go defend the the orange jersey which yeah. david almost successfully did and we uh thankfully we had some good commentary on that from our colleagues um yes. at uh the eclipse on tap world cycling cycling network that uh, did a recap for us that's true yeah, yeah but Check it was it good out on the instagram it was good we um it was a lot of fun we yeah it's been it's been a, little, a hot second since we uh, since we've been at the uh, studio here. Yeah, but the last I, I looked um, when we recorded last, it was June sixteenth. June sixteenth yeah. is the last time we were at this here table, so it's been a while. Um, table. And we uh, are very glad to be back. And um, got yeah, a lot they, happening in space too. Tons, mm-hmm. tons. Um, for those that don't know, though, I just wanted to mention the orange jersey is the weekly winners jersey, yes. the, uh, so to speak, leaders jersey of the general classification. And uh, um, David was in it. It was awesome. Check and it out on Instagram. We're the only team that has a customized orange jersey with our logos on it. We are. Yeah, and then our well, our presenting sponsor for Grattan, Vi13, Gary and Teresa Cliff Ryan, uh, hooked us up with some some gloves, some orange. socks. Yeah. We looked. David had the orange bar tape rocking. Yep. Spent $40 on that bar tape. Yeah. That was a pilgrimage of its own. It was a good investment. It was. It's a good investment. And you'll have it for next time. And that's the thing is you can reuse it, you know? So that's, that was the plan is that we'll be, we'll be reusing that. Hopefully, um, hopefully hopefully not, hopefully it doesn't take another year to reuse that tape, but But it was a pilgrimage in and of itself getting that orange bar tape. That was, it was, <laughs> it was, was quite journey. the, uh, quite the journey. Where but do you find bar tape like that when you're on vacation? We had to put our uh, heads together and figure it out, but we got it. We got yep. it at the end of the day, $40 yep. later. We, uh, we got some fishing in too. Uh, the Eclipse on Tap angling. Uh, we, we've been, uh, hitting up the bass turd at, uh, at the lake there for a little bit too. Yep. Caught some not, monster bass you did. Yeah. And not so much, um, I feel like we didn't do as much night sky viewing at the beach. And there was no UFO do. settings that I no. was aware of. No. Last year we had one. Yeah, last year we did. Yeah. Yeah, like there were times uh, we saw the same one yeah. twice, I think. But I don't know. I did do one night sky viewing, um, but it wasn't anything too spectacular. It was a bit a bit hazy in the sky, some clouds. Seemed like we got thunderstorms every night, or like a few of the nights. It was rolling through. There was some stuff rolling through there uh, off the um, off the lake for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great summer. Very busy, very, very busy. Lots of fun things in the works as well. Um, we had a wonderful, uh, meet, meet and greet with, um, with Underberg recently, our good friends there and partners, uh, at Underberg, uh, we'll show off at the break, the new tin that they sent us. It's a, a, a wonderful, um, blast from their past, uh, 1846, the famous ladies around the time. And it talks about, uh, 
the famous individuals um, from history who were close friends with the propri- original proprietor of Underbird. Wow. Including Charlotte Bronte. I haven't seen Bronte. this yet. Yeah, I actually, I, get, I brought them to the last chance recently, and I forgot this to bring yours tonight. But I've got four of them, one for you as Ooh. well. And um, yeah, Charlotte Bronte, the author of, I believe, The Scarlet Letter. Ooh. Ooh. High school literature class. Oof. She was just kicking it with the Underberg guys. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Underberg, we had a nice call with them a couple weeks we ago. We did. Too. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, Patrick and um, Crystal from Underberg uh, here in the U.S. were extremely generous, um, and we look forward to a wonderful partnership for years to come with them. Uh, so we'll, we'll certainly show off the tin um, on the Instagram page. And yeah, it's been very a very productive summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Space News, also productive this last couple months. Um, we've been dying to get to uh, a discussion about some of these things. But the first one, um, I think, that is just by far the most surreal has been James Webb's uh, oh, performance. Great, yeah. Scott. James Webb Space Telescope was uh, launched, uh, what was that? That was in... Was was it around Christmas? It was like yeah, beginning of the year. It was yeah. it was like January, February, I think. Yeah, sometime in the winter months for sure. Um, and it, it took a while for it to get out to where it needed to be. And then it took an additional time, of course, to kind of orient its mirrors correctly and do a lot of calibration. We were getting hints of uh, some testing footage. And even that was mind-blowing, but it still, you could tell the, the mirrors weren't honed in on their target. And then um, within the last month or so, we've just been... Oh man, the, the fo- I can't even hardly describe them. They're so yeah. beautiful. Just scratching the yeah. surface. Like think yeah. about all of the data, data that's going to come back from this thing and yeah. the images. It's just it, And this thing is it fully functional? Like they have all of the uh all the yeah. mirrors mm-hmm. deployed and all that kind of stuff. I think stuff? that happened in like April or May. Okay. Uh no, that was more recent. It was when they released those first 6 images. Okay. Their first 4 images. Um that was when they finally had it in its like fully working order. The April May was when they the had first the, ones. the main yeah. mirror was ready, but the other, that's when you could like see the little, it looked like six stars around it. Yeah. Um, in a perfect unison. And now though, that everything is calibrated and honed correctly, it got down to the right temperature. It had to be incredibly cold, like next to the coldest possible that you could ever be, uh, in order to function properly. And so it just took a lot of time. And the first three images were, absolutely beautiful um just the depth of field that you get compared to the hubble um hubble obviously lovely telescope but it's time yeah james webb is here yeah (laughs) james webb has came upon us (laughs) sir james is here hubble (laughs) run along now (laughs) go play in your own solar system (laughs) So the Hubble uh, is still out there, but um, James Webb has provided some additional depth. The level of like color that it brings, it, it looks like it's, you know, you're looking at, I mean, it's like a TV, right? Like a TV from the 70s like, versus a TV from yeah. now. It looks like CGI. Yeah. I didn't believe that I was actually, like that's the live, or, you know, not yeah. the live. So the yeah, real yeah, photo. Yeah. The real photo. The photos that like recently this past week, um, did, I mean, I was talking to Matt a little bit before we started recording, but the photos of Jupiter were like amazing. Yeah. They're insane. Yeah. And they were what, like they were almost like a reverse image of Jupiter. Like, so you could actually see, you could see more than meets the eye pretty much at the end of the day. And I'm, yeah. I'm totally butchering this right now. But I mean, if you look on, I, I saw on um, one of the socials that they, they had shown a couple of images of it. It, it looks insane. 
it looks like more dement there's again more dimension to it than before um in my opinion it, it just adds you get a better sense of it being you know of course a sphere in the um vacuum of space um compared to previous photos that look more kind of flat yeah, like a like a poster sp- like stamped on print yeah for sure like, um it, it's it's it incredible just pops off the screen at you yeah it's i'm trying to see what uh I'm trying to see what kind of uh, image this is. It's a special type of image they took of it. Um, but you can see pretty much, like, that's an actual image from James Webb. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it you just can doesn't see need just it. all of the, I mean, obviously you can see both um, both poles, and then um, it, everything's almost in a reversed color. So, I'm, like yeah, it's again, a yeah, it's almost like a negative, kind of, but it, um, Honestly, I'd have to keep reading a little bit more. Should have prepped a little bit more for that. But it's a cool image. Very cool image. And, it, yeah, I mean, they had just released that, I think, like, maybe a day ago. That's the most recent one, so, yeah, where they turned but, it and it's pointed back at yeah. uh, James Webb out there. You know, he's functioning the, the telescope, as we <laughs> alluded to before. He went, went ahead and ripped that baby around. Uh, but, yeah, some beautiful photos. My favorite is the one of the Carina Nebula. That's that one with the orange kind yeah. of clouds bouncing. Um, and it's also special because um, Ecliptic Brewing has a peach sour ale called Carina Peach Sour. So uh, that was really neat for them, I think, to, to be able to, sh- to see that. Um, and then the other ones, there's the Cartwheel Galaxy, like, or sorry, Nebula. Um, that was the latest one. That, that one's awesome. That one is incredible. Um, the five galaxies uh, known as Stevens Quintet, all uh, mm-hmm. in the process of colliding. So they're yeah. mm-hmm. in terms of celestial time, all colliding. And again, just like you see such granularity in the images and you recognize that, at least in the background, the granularity of the images, it, every single one of those is a galaxy. Yeah. And there's probably at least... billion stars in each one of them. Absolutely mind-blowing. And just this image alone, which, as they stated on the reveal, was the size, I think we talked about this a little bit maybe, but the size of like a grain of sand at arm's reach. That uh, tiny little tiny little section of the, of the sky probably has a couple thousand galaxies just in this little sliver yeah, alone that is a and that's, mind um, that's, bending yeah, yeah that, that's what thought. like just messes with you yeah um it's mind-blowing it it truly is and the, the one that i think was really incredible was the very first image they released it definitely wasn't the most striking as far as what it was the very first one and then they released the others that next day but the early release one it just was more or less like a bunch of galaxies kind of like across there wasn't any real focal point but the thing that uh, I read about later that was m- really mind-blowing was that you see some of them look like they're stretched a bit. Mm. Um, and what that is is ultimately, you know, they're utilizing their physical telescope there. But when there are certain celestial events that occur, they, there's there's almost like a lens that's created from like an implosion or like some sort of celestial event. There's a lens in space more or less, like a stretch of, of light that's bent around so the way that it looks is of course a stretched image on the output but then they can stack their telescope that they built with like nature's insane telescope that is out there uh and the light that you see at the end is those are the like original galaxies that's crazy like 11 billion years old 13 billion years and who knows if they even exist anymore yeah i mean I, i doubt they're just like figments of 
just light that are See, just making it. Yeah. That's yeah. my theory is that we're seeing like none, none of it exists anymore. It's all imploding on us, but we're seeing old light. That's my theory. <laughs> um, by the way, <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, I, I, so I actually did a, just a snit bit here. So um, it looks like this is just a um, composite image of Jupiter from three filters is, is what I'm reading right now from NASA. Um, a, so if, if, if I'm totally messing this up, call in right now at 1-800-ECLIPSE-ON-TAP. That's 1-800-ECLIPSE-ON-TAP and correct us. But it's an F3, F360M red um, filter, a F212N yellow green filter, and an F150W2 cayenne filter. We should have Rob on to explain this to us. Yeah. Oh, he would know. Yeah. He would know all but, about these filters. So apparently it's just a standard image with just a few f- uh, filters, but I'm... I'm oversimplifying that for sure well i feel but like yeah they use the filters they achieve the image they want and like as you said it kind of does look like a negative you know they're cert- they're definitely like pulling different characteristics out of that image um and it's beautiful uh, th- that's all that you can say when you see these james webb images and uh you know when the james webb space telescope launched it was on an ariane rocket which is a french based rocket the esa has used for quite a while uh, a joint project between NASA and the ESA was James Webb. And it launched from somewhere in South America. So I feel like the launch in general, like it had hype behind it, but it wasn't, I still feel like people didn't really know what it was. Yeah. Because it wasn't in the US and it wasn't on like a Falcon Heavy. It was on an Ariane 5, which is a, kind of a boring looking rocket. So hopefully now, it has proven itself now that it's in full full deployment, taking these images, sending them back, and just showing, at, as Nathan alluded to, just scratching the surface. The yeah. fact that they're able to see light that is at the very precipice of time, the start of time ever, um, it just is insane. Yeah. And then you think about, like, if they start, you know, they'll obviously do that with other planets, too. So they're just, they pick Jupiter, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for this first one. But, you know, they'll, they'll get into other ones and... Who knows what we'll see. I mean, if they start doing images like that with Mars or with Venus or with, you know, whatever planet, I mean, even you could go out to uh, take more images of of Pluto, really, and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So who knows what will come of it? I mean, that's what I feel like, um, like the topic or the thing that you just brought up is just the fact that like people don't, you know, because it wasn't something that happened here and launched here. And it's something that's not like they can't physically see every day or touch every day. Right they kind of take it for granted uh if you're not into space and you're not into into uh i mean overall just getting out and looking up um it's it's one of those topics and um i guess little niches that people just don't really care about and Mm -hmm. then they see an image like that and then they i mean the average person will finally turn their head and go oh holy shit that was you know that's really cool yeah but and it takes that amount of like it People are pretty hard to impress these days. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's yeah. really unfortunate because, like, Very. it's impressive the fact that we can just get a rocket to shoot up into the sky. And, I mean, we have, uh, we got, uh, uh, honestly, coming up a couple missions with SpaceX and with NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got, like, an orbiter on the moon coming up just to prepare for the next moon landing and that yeah. kind of thing. And it's, people probably don't even care about that. So, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of scrolling that occurs these days, right? Yeah. So, you know, someone that even made like a TikTok video or an Instagram reel of uh, describing some of these things, describing these James Webb space telescopes and being passionate, whatever. Think about how many people still just were 
like oh okay that's cool you know flick through it. it's like you would just want to shake somebody like that and yeah. be like listen here this is a uh incredible discovery it's not just a picture it's not just an image in the case of that one where they had light bent around and they were utilizing the space itself as a telescope yeah that's like the first time they've been able to achieve that like ever and um so that was absolutely mind-blowing yeah sorry i was just scrolling back there was a couple of good podcasts that i listened to recently that i thought deserved mentioning some wrecks yeah <clears throat> the uh what are those james corbell one or J- sorry jeremy yeah. corbell was back on yeah, Rogan. i was trying to find that the navy pilot one that i saw oh, you guys yeah, yeah, on lex friedman oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh that was on lex friedman that's why i couldn't yeah. find it yeah, yeah. okay yeah, some uh, some interesting podcasts lately with uh, regard to UFOs and um, more extraterrestrial life. Yeah, more um, hasn't there been more information or more? There have been more statements by like the Pentagon. And yeah, stuff we like that. I think we that was right about the last time we recorded, yeah. like late spring. Um, they gave us uh, what was like forty five hundred pages of um, data, and yeah, there's some interesting things lately, and it's. There was a report in South America. Ryan Graves, sorry. Ryan Graves was the podcast? Navy pilot. Oh, Navy pilot. Okay, gotcha. Um, there was a report out of South America of a, an individual who took a video of what looked to be similar to what they describe in those types of videos. Mm-hmm. Not a Tic Tac, but the, it was the gimbal one, right? Where yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like a. They floating. say it's like a sphere with like a black cube in it. Yes, yeah. So it has some cubical shape. And the video, obviously, like, you know, you, you see any video on the internet and you have to take it for granted or for um, for what it, you know, for a grain of salt uh, because it's just so easy to edit things. But it looks like that. <laughs> like, it looks somewhat cubic and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And the guy in the video is like, trust, like, you know, he's he's like freaking out. He's like, I'm not the kind of person to, to like, doctor footage. I don't know how to do yeah. that. I'm just taking I didn't, up, even, like, I didn't yeah. see the video. I'll have to pull it up at the break, but it's pretty interesting. It's mm. just like floating above the city. Yeah. And um, it that wouldn't be unprecedented as far as UFOs go in terms of reports. You know, there's like like that one back in the, I think it was the 50s, the, the one in Phoenix. It was yeah. literally like just floating over the city for there like was a like couple a, days. Yeah, there was like a, a diamond of these mm-hmm. lights and they yeah. would change orientation yep. and then go back. It was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So the idea of one being floating over some sort of city is not necessarily unprecedented. Again, in terms of the reports, I'm, I'm of course, skeptical like anybody else, but it's fun to think about. And um, the yeah. more like I hear about this type of craft, the more I think it's a drone of some sort. Like it's not manned by anybody or anything. I agree. Because um, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. It's just, it's like, all right, it's like this transparent, transparent sphere that houses this like either like dark gray or black cube but the the uh navy pilot i'm forgetting his name already ryan graves ryan graves yeah um he was saying that so he was working out of virginia beach and they were doing all the sorts of test runs and that kind of thing and i guess they see these things all the time on the radar and sometimes they could visibly see it and other times they couldn't Hmm. and then uh sometimes they would see it in real life but it wouldn't show up on the radar and uh he said the one time that he encountered them and they have to take it as a serious threat because if if the navy doesn't know they know where every plane is in the sky i mean they can shoe off a Cessna or, or a commercial flight or whatever so they have to take it as a threat and he said the one time that he saw one it was in it so they're they're flying in formation 
and all of a sudden the thing just is stationary in the sky between him and the other plane. Hmm. Uh, Wow. You know, he's talking about how they're doing all these maneuvers and and how much skill it takes to, like, fly in a formation like that uh, and how you kind of, you know, what you focus on in order to stay the same Mm -hmm. equal distance from the other planes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden just, like, this cube is in the <laughs> in between the planes and he's like yeah we had to like immediately go back to base and until we sorted out what it was it's crazy to think that and in i can just envision it like to think that you're flying this plane and as you stated there's lots of things that they're doing to control the balance of those wings to control the speed back and forth and so they have a fairly consistent view of the sky moving around around them yeah but it's still there's still some level of like you know uneasy i'm sure whereas then this thing pops in there and you can just envision it just being like perfectly yeah. stable just like flying with them and well th- yeah. like their initial thought was you know this is some type of like black ops kind of thing that the government's doing or whatever and they could get one of us killed if we ran into the thing like For you sure. know, they need yeah. to report that kind of thing to us and so he said they didn't really think of it as like a ufo initially and as soon as they got like word that it wasn't something that we owned or were testing or anything, then mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, what is it? Is it Chinese or Russian or is it something else? Yeah. Which it, it could be too. You never know. It could very well yeah. be something here or yeah, it's, and I think like a lot of people want to say, uh, or want to think about extraterrestrial life as some sort of like ex you know extraterrestrial species that's not that far ahead of us right maybe they're yeah in advanced form like a couple thousand years like it's just as it's just as possible that they are infinitely ahead of us and yeah. like you said there's no there i don't even know what they look with their where they are but this is their little drone you know and it's yeah. just sending yeah. it's sending whatever back yeah um it's yeah i'll show you the video too from um uh, the one that i saw from south america and yeah, it's wild. You get this now, a little bit of build with this, just like the Tic Tac got, yeah. you know, as far as run. It's uh, it's fun. I don't know. I enjoy talking about that. It's Some interesting, like all the different, like, I mean, you've got from the beginning of the, I mean, the first sighting of a UFO, it's always been a flying saucer, mm-hmm. uh, something along that, you know, shape. And then you, now we're, you know, most recently in history looking at like a, a sphere shaped object or a um you know cube like a cube or um you know the tic-tac shape or whatever you know whatever it happens to be even triangular mm-hmm. things like that you just kind of wonder what's going on a, mint, what's out a there. mint candy shape <laughs> yeah yeah it's like all these different i mean it could just be different types of craft i mean look at us we got all sorts of different mm-hmm. stuff yeah, out we got there helicopters planes yeah, birds it's just interesting <laughs> you know? pterodactyls yeah. Birds, pterodactyls. Look at um, all the things we've engineered. Yeah. Um, but it just makes you kind of wonder. I mean, you got that many, uh, that variety of different craft. Mm-hmm. If they're all true stories, um, yeah, you kind of wonder what's out there. But I suppose, like, if all the theories that it's this element 151, or is that what it is? 151? I think mm-hmm. it is. I, I, uh, no, or 150, it's, 150 something. Yeah. Whatever. If it's I'll that it element up. and it doesn't need aerodynamics or it doesn't need you know any type of fueling yeah then uh it doesn't really matter if it creates its own gravity and everything it doesn't matter what shape it doesn't have to be aerodynamic yeah they could they just might think cubes are cool (laughs) (laughs) let's put it in this cube it's element 115 115 115 yeah yeah. 
I had an almost right. alien element mentioned by Bob Lazar. Uh, Rogan was talking to Corbell. Now that we're on this tangent, he was talking to Corbell about like uh, uh, Lazar and all the stories and everything. And you know, you know, going back, I guess, to what you guys were saying is that all the depictions are of a flying saucer, and they they rehashed like how. Bob was under the impression one of them was an archaeological dig that they found this thing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he did say that. Yeah. A crashed yeah, craft. Yeah, a crashed craft that was, like, ancient. Um, and then they also were talking about how they were going to have Bob Lazar back on, so that's oh, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, that'd be cool. For sure. And, and yeah, I like, we've, all, we've talked on this podcast. I'm sure if you're a listener, you're familiar um, of our, I would call it general distaste of Jeremy Corbell. Um, just because of he, he's the kind of person that is, he doesn't carry enough skepticism, right? Like he's he's almost overly passionate and good for him. I'm sure he has a great he's making life, a whatever. killing off, he's making a killing. <laughs> but he's almost someone that you find it hard to believe, you know, because yeah. he doesn't stage it well enough. He's not very uh, genuine. It doesn't come across as genuine. Yeah. Whereas you thought you hear like Bob Lazar or um, that Ryan Gra- Graves guy was really good. Yeah. And uh, you get a better sense of what they're describing. Right. Mm. When Jeremy Corbell is talking, it's like. You're trying to sell me something, it's dude. It's too documented. Yeah. yeah, he's too yeah. much of a, I don't know what to describe him as, but. Used he's car salesman? Certainly passionate. Yeah. Used We've car, never yeah. had this low of a rate <laughs> ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. Come <laughs> on <laughs> down. He's, he's just kind of the guy where it's like he states something as fact. And then there's like just a tiny bit of a like maybe challenging question to that fact he states and he's like well i don't know i'd have to go back and look yeah like that's his response like he doesn't he doesn't know enough like he knows enough to make the statement but then you you just make one question you give him one question that's just a little bit challenging not really mm-hmm. it's just kind of a blatant let's like, put it this way he's not know. eotnn uh, candidate okay yeah no, he's, no. he's not no. he's not no. up to we, wouldn't, we wouldn't want him on there but um yeah, he's kind of the guy that's like, well, actually, I'd have to go back and look. I don't really know, you know. But it's like, it's okay, like, well, so well, then what don't, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, then what were you saying? Like, yeah. you know, for sure. Yeah, he um, stages it in a very um, kind of documentary-based way. Obviously, he is a document. I'm gonna call time out right now. I'm you, gonna call time out right now. Yep. Something just came to me. Yeah, I know what that is. I know is. what that I'm is prepared. as well. I know what it is. I would like to venture a guess at the planet of the month. What's that? Jupiter. No. Oh, see, I felt, I saw, I saw it too. I knew that was going to be too but easy. It's too topical. It's, it's too topical. It's yeah, too easy. But he brought up Jupiter. Damn it! So am I out for so this game? We've never had this happen. Well, uh, so I think you, yeah, you're pretty much. I think, I'm, unless we do like, uh, you get three strikes. You could do that too, but or you get two guesses or something. Two guesses. Two guesses. Okay. Two gu- okay. Yeah, because okay. three. I mean, then you're you got a thirty percent chance of getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I was Precisely. on my toes since we started recording. I'm like, wait a second. Precisely. Jupiter. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> not Jupiter. Okay. Well, it's not. It's not Jupiter. So no. we've got. It'd be, uh, did you like, even think of one, no, or did I, I just remind no, you? No. I, I had one. All right. It's been a while. You yes. cross your heart. I cross my heart. <laughs> I cross my heart. <laughs> Captain um, Planet. But Is that what you were thinking too, Matt? I uh, it crossed my mind, but I knew it was too topical. It's, it was too, just, yeah, yeah, I'm too a much. simple man. <laughs> I thought about choosing that one, and I uh, was kind of like, it was just too much news around the images and all that. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about the images, and I didn't want to give it away doing that. So Okay. But wait, actually, it was when you mentioned it before we started recording. When I first got here, yeah. we were talking, and I was like, 
<laughs> Locking that one away. See but if then, he brings it up again. But then when you brought it up again, uh, in when we were talking about James Webb, I was like, no, okay. You have to drop hints, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you dropped any yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> There's been a couple in there. Yeah. I think... Yeah. Uh, and they've kind of just—it's been pretty fluid. It's, it's I'm been getting very a kick fluid. out of it over it's been here. Very, very fluid. I Some think like, I know maybe one of them, but yeah. I'm not going to tell because I don't want to remind you. All right, Nathan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Captain Planet is back. Episode 55. Last time we recorded was the first time we had a successful Captain Planet, and now uh, <laughs> we will certainly have a successful Captain Planet this time. Yeah. Zach, we know that. Zach texted me. He said he was a little bit behind on the podcast, and he was listening to last month with Captain Planet. Yeah. And he's like. This is such a great addition to the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It is. Yeah. Well, it'll be great when we have guests on as well. Like they can, uh, they can participate. Yeah. Hey, they can be the captain. They can. They have to be the yeah. captain. Yeah, they're a guest. We have one guest. They're a guest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's true. We should just if, we, if there's one guest, make them the, yeah. the captain. They because yeah. we'll if they win, then they're not. They can't. They'd have to come back in the next month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not. That would. That would be fun. Yeah. This is true. Could re- yeah, <clears throat> let's do that. Captain Planet. We gotta we gotta get more guests on here. We gotta we got we a do. couple things uh, that we've been talking about. Yep. So yeah, we we'll, have uh, definitely one guest uh, coming up here soon, probably in the next couple months, and um, that will be a very, I think, informational uh, interview. Very someone that we we feel is a great. Um, a resource to resource. our community. Absolutely. Um, we have a lot planned uh, for this fall, and we're really looking forward to it. That's a good time for a break, I feel like. Yeah. Is, is the Hellas Lager? The yeah. Hellas Lager oh, has one, maybe one more sip left. But uh, yeah, yeah that, was, kill it. that was a delicious okay. beer. In the second half, maybe we'll whip one of our ecliptic aged editions out. I'm looking forward to a berg. Slinging it. Slinging a All berg right. and sling. Yep, go for it. Take that last Hellas Lager. Slug it. Um, there you go. So, yeah, we'll take our Berg break uh, presented by Underberg. Um, the, the very best to get you from your first half of what you're doing onto the second half. It's an amazing uh, little herbal digestive. And uh, we'll be back with you here in just a few minutes. This episode of Eclipse on Tap is brought to you by Endo Cafe. Endo Cafe is a CBD Velo Cafe based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania that brings you high-quality CBD products at an affordable price. Why Endo? Why Endo? Why Endo? I'll tell you right now. Endo has two meanings, but carries one vision, to deliver high-quality, transparent CBD products to their customers at affordable prices. Whether you're active and prone to overdoing the occasional endo or your body's endocannabinoid needs a boost, they have the right product for you. Sourcing from CGMP FDA registered facilities, all extracts are closely tested for heavy metals, pesticides, residual solvents, and potency. For 15% off your first order of Endo's CBD line, visit www.endocafe.com and enter the code Eclipse15 at checkout. Welcome back from the break, Eclipse on Tap, episode 56. We're here with the Berg break, Underberg. Look at how well I peeled this. Mm. Oh, that's a perfect mm, pristine peel. Yeah. Sometimes peel. I like a little, a little flare though. I do. Yeah, I like a little fluff on the top, yeah, a little rough, you know, ruffle. It's a, it's, uh, it's a timeless classic. Uh, if you haven't had it, try it. It'll settle your stomach and get you down to that second half of what you're doing. 
Chink. Cheers. Cheers. No, your uh, your car did not just lose signal uh, in the Ionia region that you're in or wherever you're driving. It was just the Underberg. It comes out slow. Uh, comes out a little bit slow. It's and been it, a while it, since it, I've had a... No, I take that back. I had one oh. this weekend. These were, the, <laughs> these were the last... So these were the last three out of that case that you gave me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just been like literally every night. It's it's mm-hmm. like a ritual now before bed. Yeah. Um, I take my nighttime vitamin and then I have an Underberg and I'm just... <laughs> it's, I'm it's a good, a good mix. Uh, I usually we, have one after, definitely after a bigger meal. Like if we, Julia and I do HelloFresh and if I cook one of those, you know, it's usually like a a pretty hearty meal. Yeah. Uh, and I always take one after, always. Yeah. We, we went to... Uh, so we were up north this weekend and they had the rubber ducky festival. Oh, yeah, that which was hilarious. I've never heard of before, <laughs> but I'm like really into it now <laughs> because... So the whole thing is like everything's themed rubber ducky, but then they have this big parade and at the end of the parade is a bulldozer or a front loader. My son would correct me, a front loader, not a bulldozer dad, filled with rubber duckies. And apparently you can buy one and put it in the race. And the one that gets to the finish line first gets a thousand bucks. So I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get like each of my kids (laughs) one, my wife one, me one, my dog one. How much are they? I don't know. I think it's like maybe five bucks to enter, but it's like a big fundraiser. Okay. That's cool. But that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, we went and got a good hearty meal in downtown Bel Air at the Bel Air bar. Mm-hmm. Which has great taps, by the way. I yeah, I and need to get there. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, we got back and we had. Well, we went to a live music thing, had another beer, got back, and Lindsay's like, "What about an underberg?" <laughs> then Sunday morning, we were both like, uh, "I could have skipped the last beer and just done an underberg." Yeah, done. yeah, that's how yeah. it usually goes. You know, you you drink the underberg, and it really it saves you sometimes. It does. Kind of. Um, it is. Uh, it is very good. We shared it. Actually, another thing to update on was uh, our annual pilgrimage to uh, the Irish Hills of Brooklyn, Michigan ah, for NASCAR. Yes, Ooh, yes, 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 yes. We had a wonderful uh, NASCAR tailgate. We've talked about it pretty much every year we've done this podcast, so we might as well continue. It was the 10th straight year that we were going to NASCAR at MIS, Michigan International Speedway. Um, really wonderful time. It was a great weekend. We had a new initiation too. A brand. Well, oh yeah. Emrys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Emrys uh, yeah. got to see his first, oh, was that first motorsports race at all? Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. motorsports race happened to be on a super speedway. Pretty, That's right. Pretty yeah. cool. He was pretty into it. Especially, yeah. It was hot out. It was. He was, he was a trooper. He did well. Well, and we got that rain before that, that cooled yeah, it yeah. off a little, yeah. made it cloudy, but luckily it was not a rain cancellation, just simply a delay. And we, uh, for the first time, made it beyond the pit wall this year. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we were standing in Denny Hamlin's pit during the rain delay, yeah. just like hanging out. Um, that was uh, unbelievable for me because the closest I'd gotten was up to the pit wall. Yeah, like last year we were yeah. able to look over it, but we couldn't get into pit lane. It was like uh, on pit lane. the way I was thinking about it is last year's, and I don't know if they did it just because you know COVID was still a little bit more, I don't know, like there was some more concern about that at the time. And I think that's probably why, but when you get down to the, onto the track before, yes, you're on the track and you're, you know, walk on the grass and it's before the race and everyone else is up in the stands, but you're down here and you get to see everything. It still doesn't feel like VIP, mm-hmm. but when you're on the other side of the pits, like when you go under that tunnel, you're like, yeah. shit, I'm going underneath yeah. here. And like, yeah. that was cool. That was, yeah. I've never experienced that. So that was really nice. 
and we uh, introduced uh, several folks to Underberg. Uh, my good friends Andy, uh, his soon-to-be wife Shelby, and my good friend Michael uh, got introduced to Underberg. They were all about it as far as the brand was concerned. They thought it was, uh, I think, pretty cool, the story behind it. And uh, I think Michael and Shelby liked it. I don't know if Andy tried it. I don't think he did. We we try we actually started a uh, Underberg. It might be the first ever Underberg fire circle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so at NASCAR, it's a tradition, uh, at least at MIS, to when you're camping, put down your can of beer when it's empty and form a bit of a bonfire circle. With the Underberg and rings, you just burn your old toothpicks. Yeah. Any all the like little things, the dud matches that won't go. Your ra- <laughs> your wrappers that from from yeah, your, your Underberg wrappers. So we formed that same, uh, we, we took that same idea and put it to Underberg and we got some really awesome photos. David, but, pour this beer. Yes. Transition. Eclipse, Ecliptic's, uh, beer this time is not something that they sent us recently. This is an aged, an aged, the, uh, tot. Imperial oh, Stout. The Linzatot. The, the bourbon barrel. Oh, man. Oh, so no. We've got a uh, ale brewed with raspberries, lemon zest. Hazelnut milk, ooh, ooh, spiced or spices aged in bourbon barrels. That looks really, really good. And, and uh, uh, yeah, barrel <laughs> aged, eighteen point three percent. I think it's eleven. Maybe? Trying to find it right here. It's in the little s- stripe there. Eleven percent on the money. Oh, that's not I too. Was gonna, yeah, I thought it was gonna be heavier than that. So, uh, batch number five, and uh, dated January twenty twenty two. Perfect. January right. 2022. This has and been aging um, in pure darkness in David's fridge. It has. And uh, it is now ready for a wonderful consumption. I'm excited. I used to do this a lot with my good friend Craig. Shout out Craig, Kalamazoo, um, where we would age beers for a couple of years and uh, try them after. And it really does change the flavor. Yeah. It. I have a few left, actually, that are probably now seven or eight years old. Um it it really like mellows things out, so I'm interested to try yeah. this. Yeah, cheers, Zelenzatot. The regular version Thanks of this ecliptic. was yep. really good. Thank you. Oh, I get, I got the hint of hazelnut on the first sip there. Mm. Mm. Did you say lime? No, I got I sense the tartness the, as well, but I think the, it's yeah, yeah, in the middle. I got a little have tartness. The Linzatot ale. Brewed with raspberries, lemon, the raspberry. lemon That's what zest, I lemon zest, zest. Yeah. hazelnut milk, yeah. spices, get, spices, <laughs> spices aged in bourbon barrels. What I get from t- this, t- it, like think about going into t- t- uh, like Hall Street Bakery uh, or somewhere like that, and they have like a little raspberry lemon tart in yeah. the in the window and you get that with your coffee. Yeah. And that flavor. Mm-hmm. Like raspberry dark chocolate. So good. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's kind of yeah. got this same type of profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. It's not overly barrel aged, which no. um, I've recently discovered is just something that my stomach is adverse to is barrel aged things. Just flip my stomach upside down. Yeah. This is very mild, I would say, as far as that flavor is concerned. It's yeah. really yeah. good um, and by no means like distracting from the actual beer. This yeah. is a real yeah. treat. Holy cow. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. This is like a, a really good... This goes well with like a, like ice cream. I sounded like know? bad when I said that. This is a real this treat. A, <laughs> where is this made? What, who? who what, what brewery is this from again? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> shoot. Um, oh, shoot. 
the, so um, one of the things that um, so we we talked about a little bit about the uh, the beautiful beverage that we have here. Um, it's very very tasty, good dessert pair, good dessert pairing. I have a guess. <laughs> no. You think I'm smiling because you guys are looking at me like, oh, he's going to he's he's drop hits. He's dropping, he's dropping hits. hits. He's dropping Captain Planet is being revealed. <laughs> I wanted to talk about um, the anniversary that we currently have right yes, now. Yes, And I, I figure uh, the second half is a good uh, time to do that. But just yesterday, yes, we had a five-year anniversary of the 2017 eclipse. A wonderful day. When I saw that pop up I in remember my that memories, day very vividly. Oh man, I yeah. saw that. It said five years ago, and I said to myself, "Damn, that's crazy." I, first of all, wow, it's already been five years, and uh, second of all, it was a really, really good memory. Well, good. I I remember that day. I was in Grand Haven. I couldn't go with you guys because mm-hmm. my daughter had just been born, and isn't my, that weird to think about too? Yeah, and now yeah. she's going into yeah. kindergarten. And um, my in-laws had gotten a, a place on the lake for the week. And it was like, I can't leave my like four-month-old daughter with my wife yeah. for a week or long weekend or whatever. And I created, I did the pinhole pricks the and pin made my pinhole prick <laughs> and the white <laughs> piece of paper in the tin. And, and I, uh, I had the whole setup and I could see what was happening. But then I was getting the live updates from you guys. And it was like, ah, FOMO big time. Yeah. But it was it was still like a very memorable experience for me, knowing what you guys experienced and then recalling what I was going through at that time too. For sure, I feel like I need to play just a little bit of yeah. our. It's just a short. Yeah, um, it's it's a, a, it's a minute fifty five. But it's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's the short. short it's the short version of our of our reactions reaction. to yeah. uh, the solar eclipse. Start from the top. Let's run it back, at least part of it. <laughs> Just hear the cameras. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! What? Oh my God! This is insane! Wow! <laughs> this is insane! <laughs> what? How much time left? <laughs> Probably still over two minutes. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Probably about thirty seconds. <laughs> That's so weird. Just watching the video. Oh my god, this is insane. Check out this photo. Oh, I got a gem of a photo. (laughs) Could you see it advancing on you? Yeah. Like getting lighter. Yeah, that was. It felt like a like flashlight. a sunrise or something. It felt like God's flashlight. Just. I can't believe this. That is so amazing. That is incredible. I can't believe we get to. 
that's it that's it but I, I, we had it was it's it turned out to be a really i think good genuine reaction like there was lots of reaction videos and ours i felt like really captured it yeah you know just because of it was just we got lucky with where we were at with it yeah you know but yeah five years ago can't believe it and then only i mean we're less than two years away from the we next are. one yeah this Oof, this so. this like winter but, we were gonna we're, we're cracking down we gotta sit yeah. down and like really plan yeah. out some stuff because yeah. not only are we planning for uh you know travel plans and lodging for ourselves but um i think you know we have always intended to make it kind of a big yeah it's inclusive we go. inclusive we've got potentially john harris from ecliptic coming out and joining us we've no, got he said friends. he's coming he he's said coming. he's coming we have he's it coming. on recording it's episode 27 <laughs> or something it's there check yeah. it out but other we've got i think a pretty big group we got to figure out like it'd be so fun to get uh you know talk to somebody in like san antonio who has like a farm yeah, something yeah. and like just, just to be like can we just like park a couple we're of gonna RVs rent here? a paddock yeah. for yeah. like a weekend yeah and you're invited yeah yeah uh that would be so we'll much provide fun, the so. beer well <laughs> even i was thinking too uh we talked about you know i was gonna look into a, a, a different telescope to bring with a solar mm-hmm. filter and all that kind of stuff um it would be really cool to get some good images obviously we want to do that or like a video even yeah and then even if we could capture or see if there's a uh, you know, maybe a planet transiting or the, the sun or the um, space station like they did on uh, Smarter Every Day. Yes. Um, maybe like something along those lines. The perfect guy to talk to would be our new friend. Yes, Dr. The, Gordon. Yeah. So there, Did you see that recent photo? He was who photo? I was alluding to about guests in the yeah. future. Yeah. Not to get off topic, but did you see that recent photo of the uh, ISS going in front of the sun somebody captured? I did. It's mm-hmm. a really good one. Yeah, it's a very high definition one. Very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting to see anything transit. Like if you see like even a, an airplane transit the sun, yeah. you know, from our point of view here on earth with the naked eye, it's always just cool to see. And you put it onto like a bit grander sta- scale. And then of course, like the grandest scale with, um, you know, mercury transit. How, how cool things. if you were like a yeah. pilot or you were on the ISS or something to have that photo of like you're flying in between earth and sun yeah, that's yeah. you. Yeah, that'd like, be like you're in that photo. Yeah, yeah. Iconic photo, you know? Yeah. It really would. But we yeah, we absolutely could do that. Um we will have the knowledge of our first experience plus a lot of good friends and partners that um uh, have been through it as well. So someone like Dr. Gordon Telpin of uh, a friend of the podcast who is a bona fide eclipse chaser. Like oh, he yeah. is arguably the eclipse chaser so he uh is going to be able to give us advice there's a whole chapter in his book which shout out again to his book check it out if you search um, dr gordon telepin on google or twitter um, he's on there and you can go to his website and get the book but he's got like photography tips and like what to buy what kind of like what to do and timing and everything it's not just how to get there and not just where to look and all this and what time um, to look yeah you know, it's very like- comprehensive and because um, I think any eclipse chaser has at least some degree of passion for trying to capture the event, like some level of photography. Like we got a really good a good photo for what the camera we had was. Yeah, we just had a point and shoot, and we were able to capture a pretty pretty awesome photo. Yeah, and so we get the DSLR mount though for for that cam or for the new telescope that you're talking about getting, which those exist. They're readily available. Yeah, and we can take some like insanely good photos yeah some really good photos and that <clears throat> would just be really fun to like see what like the what other things you can you like once totality hits 
you know, what else is going to be in the night sky? Like last time we got to see pretty much the two brightest objects in the night sky during the daytime during yes. an eclipse. Yes. So like, you know, the, the brightest, you know, like planet next to um, the moon in the night sky and plus the moon blocked blocking the sun basically which is yeah. like and it was 1 and 30 in the afternoon yeah so it's, it's just, like that's a pretty big deal it is you know it's and a if, wild experience if you can if you can capture like the space station or you can capture like uh, you know whatever uh we'll have to do the research on like what's going to be visible at that moment wherever mm-hmm. we go because i'm sure it'll be different based on where we go but it if we go be, towards yeah. texas we'll yep. have to figure out okay what is the what's going to be like the daytime night sky yeah, for sure. Which is what if you capture you know. a UFO transiting <laughs> a tic tac transiting the sun or dirt transiting oh. the eclipse? Yeah, so I think what would be necessary is this winter to start exploring heavily. Uh, you know, we've talked in the the past couple of years about um, starting to stage our plans, which we have in general. We kind of know our general direction. Um, it was about this time, or maybe even a little bit sooner for the last eclipse that we were already talking. So like three years out, I think, yeah, I think it was, but we really got going like a year and a half out in the winter time. We spent some time at this here table actually, uh, but over at E-Rook and then, um, just laid out some maps, looked at where we were going to be. So if we're in like South East Texas or, uh, I think we should Northeast Texas, like San Antonio goes down from the Southwest side, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. So then like up from there, so anywhere up from there, potentially Fayetteville, Arkansas, we've been there. We know it's cool. But Fayetteville, we got, that was a fun town. It was. I would do that again. Fayette Chill. Yeah. Was the uh, was our brewery colloquial again? name? Fossil something. Yeah, Fossil Cove. Fossil Cove. Yep. Yeah. That was our stickers there, actually. If you're in yeah. Fayetteville and you're a listener, go to Fossil Cove and... Try to find our sticker. And send yeah. us a picture. My yeah. my mind's still stuck on this next eclipse, and I'm just yeah. having flashbacks in my mem- my head from listening to it. We need to make like this is a big deal. Like we got to make this is the last. We got to make sweatshirts. We got to make jackets. We got to make a mission mission patch. We have to make glasses. Solar eclipse glasses. Yeah, yeah. We saying it. It is the kind of the last one, really. I mean, in some sense, it's the last big North American solar eclipse. It's not to say you can't travel. There are plenty of solar eclipses to solar eclipses to see beyond the ones that just traverse our continent. Um, we initially had grandiose plans to go down to South America uh, for yeah, the 2019 did. solar eclipse. Uh, I would have loved to have done that. I think the passion was there. It was just more, way more expensive than what was initially intended. Um, like flights alone, you know. Yeah, um, would have been a awesome. Like some of the video we, from that one, though, man. Woo. That'd been great, great to You're be out there for just that. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh man, that would be cool. That was also one that could have been viewed from the beach, and uh, I think it was Chile. There were yeah. some Chilean beaches, like where you could just you're just on the beach. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. We just planned our vacation. We're at this resort, and oh, mm-hmm. by the way, you get a solar ecl- yep. solar eclipse going overhead. Yeah. Then I would. Yeah. Would I would have gone to that observatory? Yeah. That was the, those insane photos over the mountains. And um, Gordon Telepin went to that eclipse. Yeah. So we got to talk to him. And there was, yeah, I mean, that, if there's anyone to ask about that eclipse, it's that man. But uh, there was, un- again, like going back to what I was saying, like for this next one, this is where, like, th- there's a couple of things I watched. If you can go on YouTube and you can lo- yeah. watch all these things. And I do that from time to time, like, you know, a couple times a week. I'll look at eclipse videos. For sure. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as anyone normally would. And uh, 
there's a couple of really cool ones where people timed it perfectly. Like they're like in some mountain range in Patagonia and they timed it where the eclipse was like happening just as you could see something else happening in the sky. Mm-hmm. And like, like a, that kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Like it'd be co- interesting to see what's going to be happening in the sky that you can't see during daylight, but you could see when there's a total eclipse um, as far as like planets and stuff like that. It'd be kind of cool to see. Absolutely. I mean, if the, or if there's a transit what, of the... What was all visible when you guys... You can see stars. Yeah. Oh, really? It's crazy. You could see you know, you stars could see and then... planets. You could yeah. see, uh, I think it was Venus yeah. and Sat- Mercury or something. Um, I, I don't know. The planets know that you would it, normally have seen... Yeah. Um, you know, like if you see Venus, uh, I think it's normally at the sun. Is it at the sunrise? sunrise? Yeah. yeah. And it's usually it was, pretty low in the sky. Yeah. It was so, oh, I got another story, but go ahead. So you see it pretty low in the sky. Like if you're driving, like I, if I'm like going out to, I don't know, Muskegon or something and it's like six o'clock in the morning and the yeah. sun, like I'm driving as the sun's going out for work or something. It's I, so you bright. You can usually see it and it's right at the horizon. Yeah. So yeah. when it came out, when we saw it. Uh, be, as a result of the eclipse, it was one thirty, so it was like, way higher in the sky. Yeah. It was so yeah. weird. It's it like you'd never see right by yeah. the moon and the sun. Yeah, it was, which is insane to me. It's like you literally know. off to the left yeah. of, of of this phenomenon was another planet, and you're like, what the hell is happening? Because you never yeah. would see it. You that it's you see it maybe at the sunset on the other side, or I don't know how it all is visualized, but I definitely know in the morning at the at the horizon. It's or usually yeah. it's usually like typically in the horizon anyway yeah yeah but we're in it whenever you see so you yeah. see it like front and center like right next to the moon like, what yeah. the hell is going on so yeah. last week i had to i had a couple of days where i was up at like 4 a.m to drive for work mm-hmm. venus was spectacular and uh the Perced meteor shower oh, yeah. was going on and i caught like six really like i'm just cruising down the highway all alone first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and like between the three or four days I was out that early, I've caught about six of them that were just like right over the highway going the same direction as me or like oh, right man, across awesome. my path. It was so cool. It's always fun to see them at that hour in the very earliest morning. I feel like they're more striking yeah. than they are at night. Well, and, and Perced's always like, they say like between three and 5 a.m. I think yeah. is the best viewing for the... My all-time favorite memory from that meteor shower, which is typically uh, seen during this time of the year, uh, late August kind of like that transition as you're getting to the tail end of the summer into the fall. And there was a year where, uh, when I was in college and I was rowing and it was this time of the year. And if you were on the team from years previous, you weren't a freshman. Like, it's not like you were introduced to the sport. You were on the team. You were like, come back to school a few weeks early and start training. And so we'd be in the boats, like in the middle, you know, it's like five 30 in the morning, six o'clock is has to be, um, kind of like we're doing a two a day situation. And, they're all over the place and you're like in a boat rowing and they're just up and you're in this river. It was absolutely spectacular. Um, to see at that hour. Yeah. There's, I don't know what it is. I think maybe part of it is like, if you're witnessing them like, and it's midnight or one or even two, there's still a lot of lights on. Right. Yeah. And then, and I was up like middle of Northern Michigan when I was seeing them. So there's like no light pollution at all. And I wasn't even looking what, at first like the first day and then all of a sudden it was like something shot and i was like oh shit that was a shooting star and then like from that point on i was like all systems looking yeah. up. <laughs> keep keep one eye down looking for deer <laughs> yeah exactly Other than that, i was just like looking at the sky as i drove yeah 
Chandler and I, um, friend of the podcast, good friend of mine from growing up, um, we went out once during a meteor shower and there was this theory, I think it's technically true if you're in a very high, um, you know, like if you're at the epicenter of where these are all landing, you can put like a kiddie pool out with magnets in it and you can collect like micro filaments from these astro or these uh, meteors. So, but we tried it just like in his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, you know, 10, the kiddie pool out with magnets in it. And I can just picture like my dad and his dad. <laughs> it's like, go on. <laughs> <laughs> do what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a pretty s- a striking thing to see in the sky for sure. When you yeah. see it go across, um, it's wild. Yeah. It, yeah. It, especially if you're not like expecting it and then all of a sudden it goes across and it's like, it doesn't even register with like with me. It didn't register that I had just seen one until it was gone. And then you're like, oh shit, I want to keep watching it, you know? And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that element of surprise when you see them. Absolutely. And then you put it into perspective and you're like, that's a little chunk of space rock burning up in our atmosphere. And we're, yeah. we're on our own little rock yeah. <laughs> protected by this bubble of air. Thank God. And then these things are just pelting in and burnt. You're like, what? The- there's so it's many. That's, so that's the other thing too. There's so many that get through yeah. every day that no one even knows about. Yep. And we're just like throwing trash on the street, driving around our little uh, clunker vehicles. Yeah. And no one gives a shit. We're getting in arguments. You know, or, you know yeah. like doing all sorts of shit. And uh, at the end of the day, it's like there there's, there's just shit burning. just pelting us right now. <laughs> just, like they'll just, just like they're burning up, thankfully. Yeah. But uh, I mean, occasionally one gets through and, we yes. talked about it. We had a whole episode, I think, on these things Back where it was day. like yeah. uh, somebody, like there's a woman who got a, yeah. got one <laughs> like in the stomach. Yeah, she got pelted right like, in the pelvis. Like, while she was sleeping in bed. This is happening a long time Have ago. Have you ever seen this? That's how I want to die. Have you ever seen those? Did you, like, it was a massive you one. Didn't, we well, talked about it before. Yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah. Well, it was one. Yeah, we've yeah. all seen it. But it, her bruise is like, it's like, how did this? How did she not die? This was some. It was from outer space. <laughs> um, Just coming at you at maximum velocity, <laughs> yeah. burning hot. <laughs> it is literally falling through Earth's atmosphere at the absolute max speed it could, uh, and it just hits you right square in the pelvis, and you live. Oh yeah, here here it is. Yeah, here it. Dad Gummit, here it is. What's her name? Look at this. Damn, that is. Can you imagine? Tennessee. Is can that you, the rock? That's you, like that's no, the bruise. That's the bruise. That's the bruise. That's the bruise. Oh my god! How did it not just like it, like vaporize her I don't thigh? Even, I think they. So I think they have the rock. She's in not, that. not a real petite woman. She was hard to miss. <laughs> well, <laughs> she was just sitting in like a chair, wasn't she? Nineteen. <laughs> I would November, say by her size, yes. She was on she a, was just what, sitting no, in a she chair. Was, she was on a porch, like in a rocking chair. Yeah. Just, it wasn't like she wasn't she was not in bed she was on a, on her porch an eight and a half pound 44.5 billion year old uh meteorite shot like a bullet through her her house's roof at 2:46 p.m. Oh, so it was obstructed a little bit. It hit the roof. Banged into her large radio console and bounced onto her body causing a large bruise on her left side. So it oh, actually hit okay. her console, then hit her. Okay, that makes more sense. But still, still, that's a massive bruise if it hits one thing well, and I mean, then hits you. I think if you to, dropped a, you but, know, an eight-pound weight on your foot, that would that would freaking hurt, yeah. you know? That's why I was thinking, like... And that's it, just from your waist or whatever. If it went through the roof and hit her straight on, 
it, oh, she would have, yeah, yeah, it would have like, it doesn't matter how much it ricocheted. No. Yeah. yeah. But it, well, the radio consoles in 1954 were like, not that, it wasn't like it, maybe it no, was. No, that's made, when they were like big steel things. That's true. Yeah. Because I feel like if it was like a wood, fake woodish thing, it would go right through the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Must so have been industrial quality. Here's a quote from a um, Florida, bystander. Florida, <laughs> Florida State <laughs> College astronomer who, uh, this is a quote to National Ge- Geographic. Uh, you have a better chance of getting hit by a tornado and a bolt, a bolt of lightning and a hurricane all at the same time than a meteorite. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. That's wild to think, think about. Think about those. Yeah. It's literally impossible. That. Them are some odds. Yeah. <laughs> Hope she played all tens. <laughs> she better, better get herself a lottery ticket. Yeah, tell that, you what. That's like when they give the odds for the Mega Millions. It's like you're more likely to uh, get struck by a great white shark and it, it hit by a lightning bolt at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to win this. But there's you, you yeah, tell me st- there's a change. Yeah, we still dump our ten bucks. Yeah, in. you have to. I mean, and you can't, we, we can't win if you don't play. So the thing I don't <laughs> get is we wait till oh it's it's one point two billion. Okay, we'll we'll put ten bucks in. <laughs> like it's usually like, like as if nine hundred and eighty seven yeah. million wasn't enough. Yeah. It's usually at like nine hundred million yeah. or like it's at like a hundred oh, million. Let's wait till it gets to a billion. <laughs> That'll, that'll do. <laughs> I, I'll take. I'll. Uh, g- I'll throw myself in those those extremely rare odds uh, yeah. for the for the one point three billion. It's like so hey, they we're assholes. Th- Your <laughs> odds look good compared to this lady's. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. Seriously, those are in some insane odds to get hit by a meteor. I can't. I, it's. I never happened to anybody else. That's for sure. No, at I mean, least well, not that I'm aware technically of. Technically, we're probably getting hit by like mini microscopic ones yeah. all the time. You think you get stung by but, a bee or something? You're just like, wait, there's no bee. Wait. I mean, some of that shit's like <laughs> as small as the grain <laughs> of sand grain that gets through the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And like even the guys going to the moon. I mean, these missions coming up. I wonder what kind of technology they've come up with um, just to for radiation. Yeah, that's a big thing. Big and upgrade. And then um, and then just getting pelted with. Like tiny microscopic Spaceships. meteorites, you yeah, know? just everything, all the dust and the, um, or the, it'd be bigger than dust, of course, to be able to potentially penetrate like a spacecraft. But it's yeah, there's an infinite amount out there. It's wild. Mm-hmm. But that's a really good segue into the last bit of space news worth uh, really talking about. Well, I'll prelude it with the Starship news, which was it did have a static launch test. So it didn't actually go off the ground, but it was a full blast of the booster. Pretty impressive, uh, very successful from what I understand. Uh, there was like a loud bang at one point, but I, from what I understand, it wasn't anything like, uh, it wasn't adverse to what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But it seems like they've slowed in progress. I think it's because they, when they go live, they want to go live with a bunch. Like yeah. they're ready to like take it. It's not like Falcon Heavy where there's one of them in the entire world and then they launch it and they can try it and they can test it. It's very experimental. This, I think they're going to like test it. Once it's good, they get the green light and they already have a bunch of them built. I would agree. And I also, um, this particular project, I, I like to call it with uh, the old name, the, the BFR. Sure. But um, with the BFR, I feel like uh, this is just 
a lot more money involved with yes. with a rocket of this st- this size. And so I think they're taking their time a little bit more, making sure every box has been triple checked. Mm-hmm. And like the the things that could conceivably go wrong with it, that they're thinking of those things and correcting them ahead of time yes. before they try to go. Because, you know, given the track record, there's some, there's going to be like with any, any, uh, organization that's gotten into space flight, anything like NASA, um, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always something that goes wrong. Usually in the first flight, something that goes wrong that could potentially yep. become a catastrophic failure. And that's a lot of money invested in that w- first launch. So I think they're just taking a little bit more time and maybe you never know. They, they might've hit a, uh, a hurdle along the way. Mm-hmm. And from the testing and all that, they've learned a lot or even more. Just sourcing from, of material, yeah. yeah. Just you know, just you know, doing the static testing and all that kind of stuff, or uh, static fire of the engine. They probably learned quite a bit there too, and maybe I'm they, sure they, they did, yeah. found out. Okay, well, shit, you know, there's something like that could mm-hmm. majorly go wrong if we launch this thing in the air. So we need to spend some time fixing it, and you never know how long that takes. So I'd rather see them do it right than just chuck yeah. something up in the sky. I agree. And that just blows up and, you know. And fails like, the whole project. Yeah, exactly. Right. They'd so. rather be incremental. But if they, if Dear Moon is going to happen in 2024, if I'm Yuzaka Maizewa, I'm pretty nervous. Yeah. But they, if they, they have to, la- I feel like they have to do a launch this winter. Yeah. With the BFR. They have to do something. Because if you're, yeah. you're like, you're supposed to be the first one on it and you're like, we're still ta- static testing now a little over a year away. Mm-hmm. 2024. I don't know, though. Is I, when they're going to go up? I don't know. Would you just trust it? You got I would trust think by 2024 process. they're going to do it. Oh, they're absolutely going to launch it. It's just a matter of... With people. With people or, or how effective it is. Because you look at uh, like their Falcon 9 boosters, it took quite a while for them to land it successfully. But yeah. then one, I will say, credit to them, once they got that, like I think of the yeah, Falcon just, Heavy, they got it on the first damn try that was insane they got it on the they got it exactly right on the first try with the exception of the center booster so i guess not exactly perfect but yeah i feel i don't know i feel like their speed has uh increased of late production Uh, yeah for sure like they have like a little city down there right boca chica now it's like you look at those videos the um everyday astronaut does the amazing tours definitely check them out on youtube where he goes behind the scenes with elon as the guest interviewee and they're literally doing the interview as they walk through Starbase, or uh, yeah, Starbase at uh, Boca Chica. It's enormous. It's the place is absolutely enormous. It's mm-hmm. like you think about like the VAB, you know, an, a miraculous building, a very famous building down at Cape Canaveral. It's almost as if they're building like like a few of those. <laughs> like, yeah, they're taking it to this grand scale. It's I wild. feel like I. I mean, you. If you're going to get to the point where you're bringing people up regularly with Apollo, it wasn't that way. It was very much on a mission to mission based schedule. Mm-hmm. So you, you really only need one vehicle assembly building. I mean, if you're going to bring up people, you know, commercially yeah, um, and things of that nature, like down the road, I mean, maybe not right now, but you have to prepare right, right, right now for that. For sure. If it's going to be like a, Hey, do you want to go do a lap around the moon and you're, um, you know, multimillionaire and you want to pay for a ticket. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's what they're kind of preparing for. And also, uh, you know, having 
multiple buildings if if everything kind of we're listening listening to a uh the niagara falls in the background but uh if you're if you're listening to um you know the news outlets and all that kind of stuff like they they definitely would want to have more and more and more buildings just to be able to work on multiple different vehicles at the same time that go up into space therefore Therefore, producing a higher output of <laughs> space objects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, squat. Sorry, could you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> the space beers uh, filled me up. So, yeah, I mean, that it's insane to me um, and also um, sense to me that they have that many different assembly buildings because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, when Apollo was going up, you had one mission at a time, and that could be once every three, four months, depending on, you know, what the actual... Um, orbit around that the moon was taking around us that kind of thing um, and the timing of that um, and also the funding and the mission of that was just one crew going up but you get into commercial flight yes with this this new uh, era of space flight that a lot of these um, organizations and a lot of these um, companies are putting together I don't think NASA's plan is to do commercial right now but um, it makes sense for you know SpaceX and everybody else that's getting into it, that are getting into it to to have multiple buildings because if they're especially SpaceX they're sending satellites up mm-hmm. regularly yeah um, it just makes sense to do that but to have one project going while the other is going but right now they're very focused on getting each project um, consistently going up on a regular basis For and sure. then I think at that point they'll utilize those other buildings and and the, there might be multiple launches going out at the same time you never know yeah i'm sure that, that that city in texas i'm sure will become a hub like commercial a hub. flights mm-hmm. what what does it need to get down to for it to be realistic for like you to consider it like if you could go Man. circle the moon for 10 grand would yeah. you do it yeah i think I, like that's re- that's reasonable enough where you can like really for as many a, a year or two years. I mean, or that'd three be years more memorable than going to like Fiji or wherever. Yeah, exactly. On a vacation yeah, for you ten talk grand, about going yeah. for a week, and you know. Remember when we went around the fucking moon? Exactly. I, mean, I, I, I would be, I would be, would be good not taking any more vacations in my entire life if I got to do that. So yeah. I would probably be you equate that I'd, to dollars. I yeah, you equate that to dollars, and you go, you say you do, you know, over the next, you know, 60, 20, 20, 60 years, you're. Well, well, we're going to assume you lived in the 90s for 60 years. But your travel years are going to be like from in your 30s to through your 60s probably. Mm-hmm. So not true. You I'm know, I'm going to travel till I'm 90. Yeah, we don't know that. We might be we might be uh you know, there might be a you might be sitting here in a wheelchair and not being able to say much when you're 90 <laughs> and we'll, we'll just keep talking while you sit there. But um what was, what was that? He just huffed twice. He wants a beer. <laughs> he just he, he just blinked twice. He wants another beer. He's demanding an underbeg. Three blinks is an underbeg. Well, well, Nathan. Uh, any guesses for the planet of the month? <laughs> I think I have one, but I'm not Kay. confident. Okay. No one's guessed. No uh, one's guessed. Second well, time, so you get. Was it two strikes? Two strikes. You're out. Yep. Kay. All right. I'm. Screw it. I'm taking my guess. Okay, this is your final guess. Do it. Venus. Yeah, you're right. Yeah! yeah we talked about Venus. I would, that's what I was thinking. I was okay. preparing. Because uh, so I wanted... Venus on the horizon. Because of the, uh, the fact Venus was the only planet that you could see during the eclipse, it's mm-hmm. also the second brightest 
object in the sky. It's brighter than Jupiter when it's up. Mm-hmm. Um, was that what you were going to guess? The moon. So yeah. it would have been a tie. Were you going to guess that in the first half? When we were talking, we talked about Venus on the horizon like longer than we normally would have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and but I was. Then just, I got into the conversation. I was I wasn't, trying not to like smirk. No, was, you were you you held well, it. Well. You guys were t- you, you well. just repeatedly you, well. you repeatedly just said Venus, 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 and I'm like, oh my god, oh you're my god. a <laughs> you were a uh, um and then a, I brought a valid a valid captain. When I was driving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good. It was uh, very discreet and very topical as well. Yeah. Not too topical, like Jupiter was, but you got it on the second guess. So Nathan is the captain planet for what will be episode 57 September. Next month, September, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Well, and we potentially will have a guest. So yeah, uh, we'll we should have, record up north. Yeah, we should. We got the whole month up there. We might as well mm-hmm. just yeah. find a time. Yeah. But um, the one oh, last segue I was going to make for space news was segueing in. We had kind of alluded to Artemis, and we started talking about the Starship, the BFR, uh, and then Starbase and all that. But Artemis uh, is the um, is the NASA large rocket that is intended to go to the moon and beyond. And they are finally ready to launch this thing. Uh, what is it? August 29th is the latest it'll launch. And it is actually making a figure eight orbit around the moon and coming back. With the Orion capsule. Is, with the Orion capsule, which is really cool. Um, I like how they're just going big on the first test of this thing. Just like, just let's go for it. This is what it's intended to do. Let's make it happen. Um, so it will launch in the tail end of this month and it will land in the Pacific Ocean in like October early October. Yeah. And I oh, think that long. Yeah. It's going a little longer. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's had a lot. I mean, the delays have been to do with a lot of funding and mm-hmm. also, but I, at the same time, I feel like they, um, they being NASA, um, I think they want to definitely go big or go home with this. Yeah. Like this is they their opportunity. This is their opportunity. And also they, they have a lot of experience in it. So maybe they've along the way done more, uh, testing behind the scenes than we, have seen and I actually got to go to one test of the capsule. Yes, you did. Splash but I, testing. I mean, like, what's all the space news been around? It's been Elon. Yeah. NASA has For not sure. been in the news. No. This is kind of a this is kind of a make or break. I feel like. Yeah, and it's you look at the last not make or break, but the like, last like ten years of SpaceX, they've been the top dogs, right? They've yeah. been they did Falcon Nine. They landed a booster for the first time successfully, and then landed it on a drone ship out in the middle of the ocean, and then Falcon Heavy, and now Starship. It's always been. SpaceX in our in this last 10 or so years but all the while uh, NASA has been working on this SLS rocket system uh, with the Orion capsule the whole time they've been working on it slowly but surely and if they are able able to launch this thing in late August and uh, orbit the moon in a figure eight that's pretty impressive and it's something that Elon has not SpaceX has not done exactly they haven't done that exactly I mean that's kind of my my point here is that yeah they have I mean, they'll get to the moon and, and orbit uh, a large vehicle before mm-hmm. Elon even does. And so potentially, yeah, never know if what, it goes well, yeah. what's been, yeah, if it goes well, if it goes to schedule in, mm-hmm. like we say, if it happens in the end of August, there might be another setback. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, <coughs> it's definitely an impressive sight to see out on the pad at Cape Canaveral. Some really, I, I really love cool the competition photos. of it too. Mm-hmm. Like, hell yeah, let's go NASA. Like, Yep. I'm rooting for both teams, you know? Yeah, for sure. If NASA is able to successfully complete this mission as it's scheduled, as you said, then they would be right. That's like if they're a few ladder rungs down SpaceX right now, they're right back up yeah. with this thing. Like yeah. if they, cause like, like we said, they, the Starship has plans 
to go around the moon for the Dear Moon project. It has plans, of course, to be interplanetary and go to Mars, but it hasn't done it yet. So if NASA is able to step in and complete this, it, it's a lot of credit to them because, yes, it's been a slow 10 years or 15 years even. But if it comes out in the end and gets them right back up, then it's like a tortoise and a hare situation. Maybe. Right? Like, I mean, and I think part of the thing with Elon that NASA doesn't have that Elon has, has spent a lot of time on and I think is a extremely smart move is working on the reusable aspect of the rockets yes. that NASA hasn't been able to do. So there's been a lot of testing and a lot of R&D and a lot of different flights that have gone up to perfect that aspect of it. And I think Absolutely. that's that's a huge part that maybe NASA, and I know for a fact that NASA hasn't been testing. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they wanted to get that perfected so when they were ready to go Starship mm-hmm. or BFR, that was a an option to use and utilize uh, for the re- reusable aspect of the of the engines and all all that kind of stuff. So that is one thing, that one leg that they have. Yes. If if this goes to plan for NASA at the end of this month and they make it and they do a whole lap around the moon, and it's a successful mission, that's awesome. We've already done that before with Apollo, though. Yes. And the technology with the re with the the boosters that land themselves in the middle of the ocean that's something we've never seen before correct and is a a huge aspect about getting to mars so that's a good um, point it's almost as if nasa would certainly go up a few rungs in the ladder but the long term you would still give spacex the nod you'd still you'd look at them and say okay yeah they haven't gone to the moon yet and done the figure eight but based on their precedent which what they've set at an extreme pace um, for things that have never been accomplished by mankind, you would figure that when they do end up going, that it will it will be successful. Like you have yeah. to just trust it based yeah. on the the track record they have. And yeah, it's it's really neat to see finally this SLS rocket. We've heard about it for so long, the system um, of rockets and just the the sheer size of it is incredible. You know, you look at the yeah. photos of it on the Cape, and it does bring back these memories of seeing Saturn five, obviously not with my own eyes, but in photos, um, it's pretty massive, which is cool. I'm, uh, looking forward to seeing it launch and I hope it's successful. Really makes me wish that, um, that we would just work together as, uh, one human race, Mm -hmm. uh, to accomplish the goal rather than, I mean, it's cool to see the the competition or so to speak. Yeah. Private versus public. Yeah. Private versus the versus NASA uh, going up into space. It's cool to see that, and you versus never know what that's Russia gonna... and China too. Russia yeah. or uh, China rather is building their own ISS or mm-hmm. their own space station, yeah. Chinese space yeah. station. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, at the end of the day, it'd be cool to see everybody work together. What what could we have accomplished now if we would, you know, utilize the same um, united, you know, the big fields push. of yeah. of like the ISS, for example, like. That that thing has been going as long as it has because of the um, the teamwork between the different countries. Yeah, and it would be cool to see if what we would have already accomplished. Yeah, what what other great minds could be in the mix? And you look at like India's space program. Wouldn't think of it if you're looking look if you think about India. The first thing you think of is not space travel, but they funded a rocket at an incredibly cheap price. Uh, homegrown and they have a they launched something to mars like the yeah on their own which is like could some of them if everyone got together put their heads together we 
I think we would absolutely be much further along than we are now. But, um, but at the same time, like is what is what competition drove back in those days when it was really, really strong competition between Russia and the United States, did that drive us further than we would have gotten? It's yeah. I don't yeah. know. But you can use that argument. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. the eclipse on tap cycling team. I mean, does, yeah. does our competition make us stronger? <laughs> Yeah. Or yeah. Do, are we self-motivated? Yeah. Yeah. It's Maybe uh, a little bit of both. Definitely a little bit of both. But for sure. Um, you know, it brings up the point or the question, if aliens are real, is that what they did? Did they just as a planet come together and, uh, and that's how they have the technology that they have. True. You yeah. would, you would think maybe if we all came together and we, it was for the greater good, um, and it really, I mean, I, I'm sure we probably would do it if we had a comet coming at us and yeah. it was like a, a do or die situation. We might do it all together. Maybe. You would hope that, you know. yeah, but I mean, like this, this Rogan, I, I'm going to reference my boy again, but he's, he was talking on this podcast this week about how like we're just territorial apes Yeah, and we can't like all unite on anything ever, you know, yeah. it's just. There's always going to be somebody that's got a bone to pick with somebody or, you know, land to protect or whatever. And yeah, you would hope that if a comet was coming at us and we are all going to die, that everybody bands together and saves it. But we're still territorial apes. Yeah. The glass half empty view on our version of humanity. It's it's definitely the pessimist view, but it's kind of in yeah. the same vein, which is I don't know if our uh, humanity is capable of ever truly being that level of interplanetary, right? Maybe yeah. to Mars, maybe wherever, but eventually is there going to be a scenario where the whole thing kind of implodes in on itself? But it's really interesting to think comet, about. Or not a comet, yeah. but if something, you know, wiped out half of Earth mm-hmm. and imagine like Russia, China are just all of a sudden gone and we're, it's like us in Western Europe are left. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that make? You know, all of a sudden... It's all of us united. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it would be unlikely, but whatever. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of scenarios, and there's actually a movie out there. I, it has Jennifer Lawrence and Leo DiCaprio in it, and um, it's literally that exact scenario. There's like a comet that's coming to yeah. destroy the Earth. They actually Leo is a Michigan State professor oh. in the movie because the I think the producers of it were Michigan State uh, grads. Um, but they discover this comment, like the two of them, they're like, Matt, working that's in a lab. your cue. Go white. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they discover a comment and it's coming at earth and it's going to destroy earth. And they, it like, they can't get it. The, the humanity can't get it t- together and spoiler alert, but it doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of cookie crumbles. Yeah. Just a twinkle in the sun's eye. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we'll see how Artemis One goes. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting to follow. Very interesting thing to follow along with this fall, uh, as it's in transit to the moon and back. Um, Godspeed, Artemis One. That's right. Let's yeah. see. Let's Godspeed. see. Let's see what you got, NASA. Yep. Uh, see if you can come back up a few rungs on the ladder. We're rooting um, for you. Absolutely, for sure. I mean, NASA is the OG. It's yeah. Always. We always. Think, I mean, you look at what NASA's done. That they are always the top rung. Yeah, Elon's just like the sexy new kid on the block. For sure. Yeah, it's just the way it is. But, Shit ton of money. Yeah. Lots but, of money. Yeah. Lots of, lots of he, cool ideas. Yeah. 
but we all fall in love. Maybe it's maybe it's an old romance that comes back to life. Yep, it could be. But uh, the one thing that we do need to mention too, uh, we were kind of alluding to it when we were on our Underberg break, our second break. But the uh, uh, the fall is upon us, and we have our special annual event coming up soon, which is the Underground Man, the Ooh, third yep, annual yes. third annual Underground Man. Yep. Can someone confirm that? Saturday is October 1st? It is. It is. Okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. But it will be taking I'll place for you, but on is. that first weekend of uh, October on Saturday at our local trail, The Underground. Which we need to get out there and weed with. We do, we do. We'll Duster, do. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a bit of a debacle right now yeah. out there. Is it? Yeah, there's, there's I've been out in ages. tons of sticks, tons of... We'll yeah. get out there. Sometime this next month, maybe turkeys is like a family of turkeys back there. There's a family of deer, as we all know. Mm-hmm. But the turkeys uh, threw me for a loop last time I was there. There's like a, a legit family wow. back there. So we'll get back there and clean it yeah. up. But yeah, so in, ter- in 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 advance of our event, we'll have it looking nice. Uh, third annual event. Um, nothing, nothing too big. After one party. Of those, yeah. There's a fun after party. So if you're a local listener and you're interested, just hit us up on our social media channels and we will, um, we'll Get let you a free we'll, ticket. Yeah. We'll fill you in. We'll fill you in on the deets for underground man, but it's always a fun time and, uh, it's a, a good sign of the, of the fall. Yep, yeah, for sure. It's the, it's your best prep for ice, man. It is. It, it is. Hands it down. Too. will kick your ass. It will kick your ass. Yeah. You're talking, um, six, is it 16 laps? 15. 15 laps of the underground. Plus the alcohol consumption. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a workout. It's hey, a workout. That's how you get your like your post Iceman party prep in. Yeah. You're drinking beers. Yeah. You're- Bonk for five laps. Your last five laps. The hardest five laps. Always the last five at the underground. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you have to take a, a... You have to finish a full beer. What, what was the rule again? You have to finish it like in the last five laps or like you have to finish one. This is all race chaser dad sets he, the rules. Okay. So yeah, every year is going to be different. We're going to have yeah. to have him on beforehand. You don't know. Get he might, rules. he might drop some hints as to what the, uh, the hurdles that he throws out in front of us this year are. Um, yeah. but it's always a good time. Yeah. So like I said, if you're local to Grand Rapids, definitely hit us up. We'll, we'll fill you in. Um, it's one of those kind of like word of mouth type events. We're not gonna, it's not like a real big situation, but uh, we always have a fun time with it, and uh, like I said, it's a uh, it's an annual event for for us as a group, which is fun to look forward to every year, year yes, in sir. year out. Absolutely, we'll um, throw something special up this year. Yeah, we last will. year we did number plates, and we had number plates and the big banner, the map banner. banner. We'll have, uh, we got Underberg uh, yeah, banners un- this year. Yeah, we'll get Underberg involved. Underground man, Underberg kind of sounds the same. Underberg so, man. Yeah, Underberg man uh, will be kind of the colloquial name. And, uh, yeah, definitely come out and, and check it out. I think you'll have a good time, even if you spectate. Um, so this might be a good spot to wrap up episode 56. Um, follow us on those social media channels we were just chatting about, uh, at Eclipse on Tap on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok. Uh, and then oh, check I us out. deleted that, by the way. The Chinese own it. <laughs> <laughs> it they do. Um, and then uh, also follow us on our website, www.eclipseontap.space, where all the podcast episodes are available as well uh, for download, too. Holy shit.space, too? Holy shit.space is no longer a domain. Oh. Yeah, we got rid of that a few years okay. ago. Right. It used to be a redirect. Holy shit.space. <laughs> uh, maybe we need to bring something like that back. Uh, and then last, if you want to shoot us an email of something that you saw in the night sky, eclipseontap at gmail.com. We will see you next month in the September fall time. 
Michigan will be turning over. And uh, we'll be here for episode 57. Till then, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.